Earth. Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Alright, what's up everybody? Jack Maloney back again. Friendly Bounce, Hardwood Proxies and Basketball Network, our WNBA podcast. These are some special shows. We're doing our playoff previews. Today we're going to talk about the 1 versus the 4 matchup in the East. The New York Liberty won the Eastern Conference, the 1 seed. They're taking on the Washington Mystics. Zach is here, Zachary Bennett, my guy as always. And we're joined by a special guest today. Mr. David Wurzberger, a member of Hardwood Paroxysm. He's been covering the Liberty all season long. He's making his debut on the pod. Welcome to the show, Wurtz. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's awesome WNBA basketball. That's what we do on this podcast. <laughs> That's what was it? I, th- I thought it was fly fishing. <laughs> oh, he's coming with the jokes. <laughs> A fly fishing podcast would be interesting. I... I can't imagine there's too many of them out there. Fly fishing seems to be like it would be like a subsection of a fishing podcast. <laughs> maybe there's enough in fly fishing in itself to have a complete podcast. I don't know. <laughs> you know, if we wanted to mix a basketball and a and a fishing podcast, we'd just get Derek Jeffries on board. Could get uh, Nikola Pekovic too, but only if it's ice fishing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Vert, you've been been watching the Liberty all year, which is why we we brought you in here. They won the Eastern Conference. They uh, finished with the best record in the league, twenty three and eleven. You you've been in Madison Square Garden for a bunch of their games. Weirdly enough, we're not there the night I was in the building, but. <laughs> Let's just. I swear it was a coincidence. That, that just <laughs> sounds like a rough night for Jack because he went there. He didn't see Burks. He didn't see Elena Deladon. It was terrible. I did. I did see former guest of the show, Mr. Josh Davidel, the good WNBA man, was was in attendance. But Burks. Yeah, Jack, wait before before you ask your question, I need to ask you one, and and answer honestly. Were you more broken up about not seeing Elena Deladon or not seeing? Oh, I know what this is. Bert, I, I've met you before. I was more upset <laughs> that, that Elena was not playing. <laughs> no, but we... <laughs> no, me, me and Bert hung out in Vegas a couple of years ago. You were out there. Um, obviously, it was, it was disappointing that you weren't in, in the building, but I'll say equally. Is that, is that better for you? Equally That's- disappointed. Seems like a cop out, but I'll accept it. <laughs> yeah, Jack. Jack's a liar. We all know what the real answer is. All right, so just give us a sort of general. Say that someone someone has never watched the New York Liberty play basketball before. What are they about? What is life like on the beat? Defense, rebounding, very bad boy Pistons, which makes sense because Bill Ambier is their head coach. Uh, yeah, it's defense and rebounding mostly. Uh, they stifle the hell out of teams. They run two traditional big lineups basically 99% of the time. So once you get in that paint, uh, you're either met with Tina Charles, uh, Carolyn Swords, who's like 6'5", I think, Kia Stokes, who's like running away with rookie of the year, blocking uh, a few shots a game, and uh, 
their their guards are pretty good defensively too. I mean, they they, they have a lot of depth too. Uh, they rebound the basketball. They use that defense to create uh, fast breaks, transition buckets on the other end. That's that's basically the gist of it. I, you'll notice I didn't really compliment their offense. That's really their downside. Yeah. So they, we on this show we. We claim that we don't like to make NBA comparisons and then go ahead and do it like four or five times a night, but we have likened them to the Grizzlies. That, uh, I mean, that, that could work. I, I see it. If you don't think um, too much about it, it probably works. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, they, they run the two, two bigs, they're a defensive-minded team. That's basically the extent of our comparison, but yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I, I think I think the uh, Epiphany Prince, Mike Conley. I guess if those two are compared, uh, you know, one on one, because uh, she's she's a two way threat. Yeah. She's been terrific. Uh, she really has. Like after, once she came in, she struggled for a bit, but then. Whew. Right. So like Vertz was saying, defensively, the Liberty have the best defensive rating in the league. They give up only 92.25 points for 100 possessions. Um, they, give, they give up the fewest points in the paint by a wide, yes. by a wide margin. Yep. They by have the best... Six, by six points higher than the next, which is Minnesota. And they have the best rebounding percentage in the league at 53.8. So yeah, Vertz is, is spot on with his, his watching the game. We bring the stats... I, mean, I don't. I don't use statistics like you nerds in your mom's basement. No, I watch the games. <laughs> Jack. Jack has given me the watch the games nerd <laughs> on this podcast before. I like how I like oh. I like how Vertz and I. This is your first year covering WNBA, correct? Can I just out myself as, as someone who hasn't watched the, hasn't listened to this podcast yet? But I just you did a while myself in the foot. <laughs> We didn't, right. we didn't call you. We didn't call you out for it. But I like <laughs> how how Verts and I stumble onto the WNBA scene, and we're both just covering the best teams in our respective conferences or <laughs> in our cities. Should we stumble on and oh, here's the best team in the West. <laughs> Here you go. See you in the finals, Zach. <laughs> so the Liberty are taking on the Washington Mystics, who almost collapsed. They, they really struggled towards the end of the season. At one point, it was between them and the Dream. Uh, the Dream were like six games back, and then all of a sudden, it was three back with three to go, including a, a possibly winner-take-all game um, on the last day of the season. But the Mystics ended up getting a win over the Fever um, to clinch their spot with a few games left. They finished... Um, in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. And they, you know, they were an interesting team that at times looked extremely dangerous, but like they went on that four or five game losing streak at the end of the season where, you know, is this even really a playoff team? And they, I don't think that this is going to be a long series. Um, I'd argue, I mean, the Mystics are 3-1 against the Liberty, but whatever you want to take that for. And when the Mystics basically just, the problem is the Liberty are so, well, the Liberty is so 
um, physical, and the Mystics have two bigs that are, well, just as physical, if not more at times. And they also, and they can also spread the floor, though, in um, Eastman and Dolson. So that that's a scary combo that's, like, killed Liberty in, in certain games this season. So I, I don't, I'm not sure I'm willing to call it a short series yet. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, Washington is also a pretty good it's, it's, defensive team. You know. They're uh, they're fourth in in defensive rating in the season, but like New York, struggle to score. Um, they are led like like uh, Vert said, Emma Misaman and Stephanie Dolson down low, and then Ivory Lada on the perimeter. Um, Kara Lawson is their point guard, but she's been battling injuries, not been a hundred percent. Uh, Lada has really been running the show on the perimeter, uh, certainly later in the season. She's pretty dangerous, uh, very shifty, very shifty guard, um, can I, score like crazy. Can I, can I just make this fun real fast? Ivory gets a lot of buckets. Hey, oh, <laughs> yes, she does. Is, is this where I drop my mic and just walk away from the podcast <laughs> forever? No, this, is a, this is a good segue into talking about Ivory Lada, though. She does, she took the most three-point shots and made the most three-point shots during the season, so you're not wrong. No, <laughs> <laughs> no she, yeah, she is, she's a confirmed bucket getter. That's what she does. Um, my cra- my crappy comparison for her is Isaiah Thomas of the Boston Celtics. I think I've made that before. I, yeah, I can definitely I can see that. Um, uh, I, I think she, I think she leads more towards the shooter variety than IT. Uh, at least in my yes, opinion. that's fair. Um, so I don't know. It, it's it's weird that Washington, you know, as Bird said, they they go three and one versus New York, and I think they only lost two, maybe three games to the Western Conference this season. It's like who is beating them? In August, they lost their first three games, and then they won six in a row, and then they sort of fluctuated the rest of the way. But for a while, a couple of weeks ago, Jack, I think that they were like my sleeper team to win, win the fight. Yeah, I. Yeah, and that's what what's so interesting about them is that at times I I would agree with you. I just this latest stretch going into the season does does not have me confident in them at all, and I just. I don't have this, this, and this because, I mean, to be honest, I, I just don't know enough, um, and that, that's not something that should be a shock. We admit that frequently on the podcast, but I just don't, I don't have a confident feeling about this bunch going into the playoffs. You know, I know they did beat, they just beat the Liberty. They destroyed the Liberty. Um, that was a weird. Uh, I was there at that game. That, that was just strange. I mean, it, it really, it really. I don't want to call it just a throwaway game. Like, yeah, we clinched the best record, whatever. But like, it looked that way at points. Like, I don't know. My confidence with the Liberty, obviously, like I'm not thinking of the Liberty and uh, the and Washington at a similar scale. But, but as far as the Liberty competing, my confidence isn't sky high simply because. They play one side of the ball really well, but the other side gets really shaky at times after offense. 
it um it can stagnate pretty badly. Um, whenever whenever teams are more physical with them, they, they can flounder. And turnovers, yeah, turnovers really hurt them. And because they're they turn it over and only giving up wide open layup after wide open layup, it just spirals. It gets bad for them at games. Did that, did that uh, sound glitchy? Do you need to repeat that? It sort of was weird, but as long as Jack heard it, I think it's okay. No, it, it was a little, it was a little glitchy there. That's probably best, it's probably best it was glitchy. I said some really horrible things. <laughs> oh man, I, what what is interesting to me, and just because I'm a nerd in a basement who doesn't actually watch the games and I just read books and statistics all day, is. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, it started, we can go back to before the season started when the Lynx scrimmage Washington in Washington and that uh, analytics scrimmage where yeah. you actually got, you got penalized for taking a mid-range shot. <laughs> and talking to, talking to Lynx assistant coach Jim Peterson, he said that both the Lynx and, the, and Washington, the Mystics rather, um, both like to chase teams off the three-point line. And it shows in in that opponents Washington's opponents this year shot uh, less three pointers than any other team team's opponents during the league. Whatever the shot distribution was, the lowest amount of three pointers than any other team in the league. But then you look at the Liberty as they attempted less threes than any other team in the league. So it's almost like that philosophy doesn't even affect New York at all. Uh, taking another way, it plays right into Washington's uh, plan. I mean. Liberty don't really love threes. When they make threes, it's great, but it doesn't happen too often. They love to feed the post, feed Charles, uh, hit cutters back door like crazy. Yeah, the, the three-point shot isn't really big. But you know, what's funny with Langbeer is, um, uh, you know, he he accepts that this team doesn't have the sort of roster that you can just fake the floor out and bomb threes away with. So he he goes to this more traditional lineup that you would think, oh, he's not accepting analytics. But, like, when I spoke to him about uh, his defense and stuff like that, he was citing things like rebounding rate um, and stuff like that. You know, when I couldn't find an advanced stat, he would correct my, my basic stat that I used as a proxy. He's like, well, <laughs> you know, actually, I use this. So. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, obviously, it's great if you can hit all sorts of three-pointers, but... I mean, if you don't have a team that can sh- has a lot of shooters, it doesn't make sense to just be like, well, analytics says three-pointers are the best, so we're just going to fire them like crazy even though none of our players can shoot well from outside. Like, you have, to, you have to take analytics into account, but you also have to take into account the team you have, and you have Tina Charles, and you have Kia Stokes and Swin Cash. Like, you want to get the ball inside. That makes sense. <laughs> Two things. One, insert Byron Scott joke here. <laughs> Two, I, I really listen. Watch out for Kia Stokes in the, in the next few years because in good. warmups she will bomb away and she's deadly. So when when Coach Lambier tells me, oh, you know, we went with two traditional phases because we don't really have a good stretch four, Stokes is going to become that, and it's going to be very very frightening. Yeah, Stokes, is the, Stokes owns the third highest individual defense plus minus rating, did you know? No. I did not know that. <laughs> but yeah, Stokes, I mean, 
before Griner had the nine blocks the other day, Stokes had had the most in the in one game this year, and she blocked eight shots in one game. She defensively is very impressive, especially I mean, not even considering a rookie. Like regardless for anyone, she's she's impressive, and I. I know, but again, with the with, sorry, Zach, but no, uh, with her, like right now, her biggest deficiency is defensively that you know she doesn't, uh, she's she's more of a skinny, lengthy type, so she can get muscled down low, and that's one of the things that interests me about this matchup because again, Washington has two cruising bigs that'll just body you inside, and you know, Stokes had trouble with that in previous matchups and. Got to see how she'll adjust for uh, the series. I know uh, at some point during August, I think it was late August, um, Emma Mieseman hurt her hand, and she was playing through that late in the season. So I wonder if her health will be a factor at all. Yeah, I haven't heard. I know she was playing, um, you know, late in August. She was playing with that splint on her hand. I don't know if she's still using that or if it's been healed. I honestly haven't. I should have looked that up, obviously, but I didn't. I, I, I have I have the Google News tabs open right now, but um, all it directs me to is the stuff that came out because it happened against the Lynx in the second game of their home and away back-to-back, so it was... Yeah, you know, and that's like... It's, Sorry, that's that's what we were talking about earlier with how they're so such a bizarre team in that you know they went and beat the Lynx twice, like on a home and home in the span of like three days. And yeah. like they destroyed them in Minnesota. That was not a close game. And then a few days later they went and got got beat by double digits by the storm, who won like seven games this year and it was their first, their first loss to the western conference yeah and like you they lost to the dream who are not i mean they're they have some talent but they did not have a good season like they got murdered by phoenix it's i just i don't have i don't have conf their their streakiness just does not give me any confidence that they can put it together, and obviously they can. I just that those stretches where where they fall apart, things go really, really south for them. Like they scored fifty nine points against Seattle, and then fifty three against Phoenix in consecutive games, yeah. just like a few days ago. And against a defense like New York's, I just I don't know. I they can make it a difficult series, and it's. It will be a tricky series just because they're talented and they're physical um, defensively, but I just don't, I can't see them losing to New York. Yeah, I can go back. Sorry, Zach. Um, yeah, I, 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 would, I would like safely pick New York as well, but if I can go back to the injury talk for a second, I feel like this is going to be one of those things we've talked about maybe a couple weeks from now, but you know, when, uh, when the Warriors won. Who says you're invited back on this podcast, <laughs> Or you guys might be talking about it, but, you know, when the Warriors won the championship this year, you know, everyone was talking about how 
you know, they got lucky. They didn't really have to deal with any injuries. And the Liberty, I mean, outside of early this season and recent Brittany Floyd injury, they're, they're healthy. You know, they're, they're healthy. They're healthy coming in, and that, that's, that'll probably be big if they, if they can stay healthy through the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that New York is going to win in three games, but the deciding game they're going to win handedly. Um, Jack alluded to Carol Lawson earlier. And, I mean, she's a she's a 12-year veteran, and something's obviously off because she's a 39% three-point shooter who's shooting 31% this season. And, I mean, she shot over 40% from three-point range in six seasons of her 13 uh, 13-year career. So something seems off. Jack said she could be battling injuries, and it sounds like it. And the same goes for... Yeah, I believe it's a back thing. Yeah, with backs, I mean, the dirty little secret with back injuries is you never know what the hell they are. Um, and they affect, you know, they could affect everything around you because it's obviously your back. But Ivory Lada is too streaky. I don't know if she can put up huge point totals in two games. I just don't think that they're middle of the road in almost every category. I don't think they have enough to win two games. But in a three-game series, you never know. Right. That's what, I mean, that makes the WNBA playoffs so interesting is that it's only three games and you know you have a you win your game at home and then all of a sudden it's it's only one more game three game series you only have to win one on the road to to take it I it's possible I just I just don't see it happening you guys have any any final thoughts on this series uh, before we wrap things up I got no I got New York in uh uh, yeah, I'll probably go New York in three as well. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can bring up something to watch for. Uh, and what, what, one of the things this season has been, you know, the depth and just any night someone will step up that, oh, they barely played recently. Now they're playing and now they're dropping 20. Like Sugar Rogers, Candace Wiggins will step up out of nowhere. And I asked uh, Coach Lambier, you know, uh, last home game, Coming into the playoffs, you're going to look to shorten your rotation because of the playoffs, or you've had some other success just finding these pieces on the bench to step up in random games. Are you going to try and, you know, uh, go with the bench? He gave me the, he gave me the. Uh, it depends on the matchup, so <laughs> that's no, that's no real answer. Uh, but <laughs> that that'll be something I'll watch for because you know if the Liberty are, are in a rut, you know you could see them turn to someone like Sugar Rogers or Candace Wiggins or. Erica Wheeler, who just came in. Like, you never know. Um, uh, I'm wondering if we're going to see a surprise playoff performance from someone. Yeah, Liberty in three. Uh, Zach, I'm looking forward to seeing you in the finals. I, I, don't, know <laughs> if I, can, I don't know if I'll take the trip up to Minnesota, but um, no, I, I'll, I'll, I'll holler at you from afar, I guess. I've never, been to, I've never been to New York or anywhere out east that isn't Florida or Columbus. Bright, light, bright lights, dreams are made here. Come on. Well, I'm sure. I take the trip. That's why people. Concrete move. jungle. That's why people move to Los Angeles too. So I'm torn. Um, <laughs> how is well, Los, Angeles, Los Angeles? Isn't getting anywhere close to the finals this year. Follow. Well, hey, depending on how Jack feels, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> God, Jack. Uh, no, first I wanted to ask. Um, first, you would get that inside joke if you listen. Podcast, by the way. Zing! 
Um, <laughs> yes, I, 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 so I, I take laps there. I don't know if you guys can tell. <laughs> no, you did. Uh, I want to ask you how covering Bill Lambier is, uh, because that sounds like an intriguing experience. I know uh, him and Cheryl Reef spent some time together in Detroit, so a lot of their you know, fundamental principles are basically the same in the way they want to defend, the paint, you know, be physical with opponents, but overall, how is covering Bill Lambier? You know, I haven't, I honestly, I didn't talk to him very much this season because I was focused on uh, road teams coming in and trying to do more general WNBA stuff and talking to the players, but in pressers, <laughs> the guy forgets about his filter sometimes, and it's really fun. It's a good time. And, you know, he's, he's fun to talk about basketball with, you know, obviously the knowledgeable guy's done a great job this year, uh, but What's interesting is when we were mentioning Ivory Latta, she was one of like the more fun interviews I did this season. So if you want to talk about that for a second, Zach, do you do you have a, a favorite to talk to from this season? No, I, I'm almost the opposite in that I spend a lot of the time talking to Reeve and less time talking to the players. Uh, as you, meant, you mentioned, uh, he, he talks, Lambeer, that is, talks, you know, he mentioned metrics and things like that. I mean, there was a time this season where Reeve brought up usage percentage, and I was like, oh, hold the, hold the phone. <laughs> so older. It's, it's so, yeah, it, it almost, you know, it was real, real early in the season. I was like, okay, this is, yeah, this is pretty cool. It's and this not real. She's, uh, she's pretty cool to talk basketball with, and like, uh, like Bill Lambeer, she does not have a filter. I, act, I actually asked her about an incident that happened with a play when Phoenix was in town, and you know, details aside, I asked her if the call that the officials made was common, and she uh, she was like, "I don't think the refs really understand the rules." And she ended <laughs> up getting fine. she ended up getting fined for what she said in the press question, question. which which were the answers to my question. <laughs> Zach, what was the fine? I think you owe her some money. I don't know. They don't. Uh, they're, they're, they keep that information tight to the chest. I did try to get at WNBA PR to try to determine the amount of the fine, and then somebody actually in the New York, I think it was the New York Times, actually got the story uh, first, and then I just said screw it. But yeah, she she doesn't have a she doesn't have a filter at all. <laughs> I probably do owe her some money. Another cool thing, now that you mentioned it, was after shoot around or practices. Um, I'm not supposed to say this, and I hope nobody from WNBAPR is listening, but the Lynx may or may not uh, do a half court. They all they all line up for a half court shot after practices and shoot arounds, and the winner or the first person to make the half court shot, which is often Maya Moore, takes may or may not take home a hundred dollars each time. You should try and get in get into one of those. Days. <laughs> well, I probably. I probably would have until I tweeted that info and then got an email from Link's PR that was like, WNBA doesn't allow them to gamble. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I'll delete that tweet. So I don't think they actually gamble. Wink, wink. But it's, it's, uh, there was consecutive days where Maya Moore was the first person to hit it on her first try. Like two days in a row. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a good... A good place to end. So, maybe we will have Kendall's place to end. 
this was this was actually the Liberty Mystics preview podcast, even though we we closed on a Link's note. But uh, thanks for joining us, Verts David Vertsberger. He's been following the Liberty in Madison Square Garden all season long for hardwood paroxysm. He'll be there for the playoffs. We might have to bring him back if he actually listens to this episode after it's recorded. <laughs> all right. I was going to say, we it sounds like, I mean, Bert's admitted to it. He spent most of his time talking to visiting teams and things like that. It sounds like he's qualified to talk on other playoff previews. So oh, I'm not so sure about that. I don't know, man. It sounds pretty well-versed to me. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Liberty versus Mystics. We're all in agreement that the Liberty are going to take this series, but it should be pretty closely contested, two good defensive teams. Game one, Friday, Madison Square Garden, 7 Eastern on NBA TV. You should definitely check it out if you get that channel. Uh, Vertz, thanks for joining us. Zach, as always, here's our boy DJ Las Latino playing us out. I claim this planet in the name of the Earth. Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio.